And I'm every father. I'm not only black father. I'm a white father. Right. I'm a Chinese father. Right. They all like I'm hair. I'm a Mexican father. They like hair. I'm all fathers that want their sons out of the house and stop <laughs> eating up all the food. Get a job, please. From Chicago, this is The Unenthusiastic Critic, a podcast about destroying your marriage one movie at a time. Okay, so hey, welcome to The Unenthusiastic Critic. I am not Michael McDonough. I am Nakia, and I do not write about film and television at theunaffiliatedcritic.com. I am the person that shits on films on this podcast. <laughs> An unwilling participant. <laughs> Every week. With me today, my big worm is my <laughs> lovely husband, Michael, also known as the unaffiliated critic. That sounds dirty. <laughs> And kind of insulting. <laughs> it's actually not. You will see that it's the highest compliment I could give. As listeners can tell, Nikki and I are switching <laughs> seats this week. It's a bad idea. While she introduces me to a film that I have never seen. Yes. So last week, we lost the great John Witherspoon at the age of 77. So when Michael and I were sort of going through his credits, we realized that there were just so many holes <laughs> <laughs> that, that Michael hadn't seen a great deal of John Witherspoon films. And so we thought this was a good opportunity to sort of switch sides and I could introduce him to what is probably John Witherspoon's most well-known role, Mr. Jones in 1995's Friday. I don't want to watch that. I hate everything. I'm just going to shit on it. I can't believe you're making me do this. See, it's not cute. Am, I, am do I doing it. you right? It's not no, cute. No, I know. Do it. It's not I'm, funny when just, I do it. Yeah, it's just, it just sounds forced and wrong. So, why are we watching Friday? We're this wa- is the part of the show <laughs> where you convince me <laughs> that this is a movie I need to see to make my life complete. Sure. Okay. Well, for, well, first, I think we should just talk a little bit about John Witherspoon. Okay. Okay. Why John Witherspoon? Besides the fact that he just passed away. He was an actor, an entertainer that probably should have been celebrated a lot more than he was and more widely celebrated than he was given the fact that he had an innate ability to take even three minutes of film time Mm -hmm. and turn a movie into a John Witherspoon movie. Mm -hmm. I think there are very few people that can do that. And his sort of presence over the past, I think it was like five decades of comedy, that in and of itself is a tremendous testament to his connection with audiences, to the sort of timelessness of his comedic ability. And I think there there are very few folks that have been able to sort of capture that. Somebody that could take you from Richard Pryor to like a little rail. Like Mm -hmm. you could, that through Mm -hmm. line is there through John Witherspoon. And that's just very rare. And I don't know. He just had this ability to be, he was basically known as like Pops. Mm-hmm. He played the, the dad or the granddad in a lot of films and in a lot of film and television. And he, he truly did sort of transcend and become everybody's dad. What was your first awareness of him? Do you remember? It was probably Friday. Friday okay. was probably the first time that I was introduced to John Witherspoon. 
and I have seen so many things with him. I like I to even try to name all the things that he's been in. I know that I will miss him. Like the the list is you know far from exhaustive. But you have Friday and the sequels to Friday. You have Hollywood Shuffle, House Party, uh, the Boondocks. When we're talking about television, the Wayans Brothers show, the Five Heartbeats, Boomerang. I mean, it's just he was always there. It mm-hmm. was like they're just he was just, he was sort of a fixture in black comedy for such a long time, and so it's. It's going to be it's it's really hard to sort of think of black comedy without him. And not just that, but also to sort of reflect on how how much he has sort of influenced and informed our lexicon. So like things that, you know, we say those are John Witherspoon lines from Boomerang or those are John Witherspoon lines from Friday or they're, you know. And so to have to be able to sort of leave that sort of impact, mm-hmm. I think, is quite worthy of honor and acclaim above and beyond the terrible job that I'm doing right now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> I will point people to uh, Strong Black Legends, which is a podcast hosted by Tracy Clayton, where she brings on black legends from film, television, entertainment space, and um, in a sense, sort of gives them their flowers Mm -hmm, before mm -hmm. they leave us, right? And like really making space for us to honor and recognize these folks who have given not only black culture, but just art so much. And she did an episode with John Witherspoon, which is a really great episode. And their discussion is, you know, far ranging. One of the things that sort of stuck with me was he does the to be or not to be soliloquy Mm -hmm. um, because he's talking about his time doing Shakespeare. And I had never I realized that I had never really heard. I I have him so tied to comedy that to hear him do something like you just extemporaneously doing Mm -hmm, the soliloquy. mm -hmm. It was really quite beautiful, actually. And so you realize that there are layers there that even I haven't even excavated as of yet. So I recommend people check that out because it it really is a great conversation. So John Weatherspoon was born in Detroit in 1942 as John Weatherspoon. Um, He started out doing stand-up comedy and then got into acting in the 70s. I named some of the many films that he would go on to sort of be featured in. Wait, I'm sorry. He changed his name from John Weatherspoon to John Witherspoon? Yes, because Hollywood. There must have already been a John Weatherspoon (laughs) in the union or something. I mean, if you're going to change your name, you you know, people usually go further than that. Yeah. No, it was Weatherspoon to Weatherspoon. Okay. And even, you know, while doing uh, film and television, he continued to do stand-up even until right before his passing, he had actually had dates that were coming up at the time of his death. So he'd continued to be, you know, working and, and prolific even into his 70s, which is pretty impressive. In preparation for this, I was reading a few pieces of folks, you know, writing about John Witherspoon, and there are a couple that I want to highlight because I think that they really speak to what he brought to film and television and to really any project that he was involved with. Justin Tinsley at The Undefeated writes, Yet, if it was James Baldwin's task to remind America that to be a Negro in this country and to be relatively conscious is to be in a rage almost all the time, then it was Witherspoon's to remind us that laughter is a form of healing. Mm -hmm. I just thought that was a really beautiful Mm -hmm. sentiment. And as we think about Friday as a film... You know, Friday came along after Boys in the Hood, Mm. Menace to Society, and, and, and films like that, and... Ice Cube and his writing partner, DJ Pooh, were very intentional about making a film that reflected the sort of totality of those neighborhoods. Like, yes, there was crime and there was violence, but there was also laughter and right. there was also humanity. Um, so not pathologizing. Not pathologizing, like no. really saying like there are actual there are actual people here who are living lives. Mm-hmm. And so and I think John Witherspoon is, you know, a perfect addition to that sort of narrative because he 
it really was about this sort of joy and laughter in spite of and or because of where you were in life. So like I said earlier, Friday was released in 1995. It was directed by F. Gary Gray and written by Ice Cube and DJ Pooh. And it really is one of those movies that's not really about anything. <laughs> it's two friends. Those are the best movies. <laughs> they really are. And again, the fact that like that sort of movie was allowed to happen when most of the other portrayals of like black L.A., black South Central California were just fraught and it was like war zone right, sort of things right. like to just have what is basically a buddy comedy mm-hmm. in the midst of that I think was was really quite brilliant and so it co-stars a lot of people you know okay Regina King who you are loving in The, the, the Watchmen Regina King can do no wrong <laughs> Nia Long, Tiny Lister, and Bernie Mac. Okay. And Chris Tucker. I think it was made for like something like three and a half million dollars, but it grossed over 28 million worldwide. And it spawned two sequels, including Next Friday, which was released in 2000 and Friday After Next (laughs) from 2002. And there had actually been talk that there was going to be a fourth Friday film. What would that have been called? I'm just curious. Friday after Friday after next. Friday one more time. Um, Yeah, but so obviously that was complicated by schedules and trying to get everybody back on board. But I believe it was the understanding that John Witherspoon would have come back to reprise his role for that. But that's been, I mean, that has been in conversation for a number of years and it hasn't come to fruition. Were the sequels by the same director? Same writers? Were they as good as the original? Um, so I think... Uh, Sequels almost never are, so... I think it was a little bit diminishing returns. There are people that will say that Next Friday was actually better than Friday. I okay. have heard some folks make that argument. I do not agree. So when did you see this movie? That, I was trying to think. I know I definitely didn't see it in, in theaters. Okay. So I had to have come to it late. Maybe not even until, like, college, possibly. But, like I said, it's just one of those films that you quote it all the time, and we still quote today, and there are, you know, there are probably internet memes that you've seen, the by Felicia thing, that is oh, from Oh, is that Friday. where this comes from? <laughs> so you will see... Well, that's Hall of Fame right the there, The origin then. of the okay. by Felicia right. meme. <laughs> I, I did not know where that had come from. <laughs> that's where it came from. Yeah, so... So, I mean, Friday for me is just one of those films that, and we've talked about this a couple times, that, you know, if it's on, I'm going to stop it. I'm going to watch it because right. it's just, it's funny and there's a joy and a lightness to it, even though there is like violence and, you know, but it's almost like slapstick. It's sort of silly. Now, almost really none of the comedies that I have made you watch mm-hmm. have you admitted were funny. <laughs> okay. Or you'll say... It's funny. It's not what I would put on if I needed to laugh. Got it. Is this a movie you would put on if you needed to laugh? Is yes, it? absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Am I going to think it's funny? I I mean, if you're human, you're human, then yeah, I would. <laughs> it's just, I don't know. But, but here's the thing. It's like you got Bernie Mac, you got Chris Tucker, mm-hmm. you got John Witherspoon, on Love. All these, like, these are just hilarious people. So of course it's funny. <laughs> it, it's just going to be funny. And even Ice Cube as the straight man is funny. Funny. Well, I'm I'm more open to these things than you are, so I'm very I'm open. You're expecting to suck, find it dude. funny. Okay. <laughs> So, yeah, I think it's a great introduction to John Witherspoon. Okay. I don't think this should be our final John Witherspoon film. I definitely think you have to see Hollywood Shuffle. The only reason I didn't choose that one is because... I've I've actually seen Hollywood Shuffle, but it was like right when it first came out. I barely remember it. Yeah. And you said you saw Boomerang, but you don't remember John Witherspoon? I don't remember liking it is the problem. So, I think I've just sort of... Okay, that's wrong. Blocked Boomerang out. (laughs) That's not possible. (laughs) 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 That's actually a really good film. And John Witherspoon totally steals 
Daniels, the movie. He's in Vampire in Brooklyn, too, isn't he's he? He's also in Vampire in Brooklyn. We talked about yeah. that movie last week. But the, the, the scene in Boomerang is just iconic. Okay. And I mean, again, when you talk about stuff that we say now because of John Witherspoon, like, coordinate. Like, you don't say coordinate now. You say coordinate. You got to coordinate. Uh, it's a whole thing. But yeah, so I just, I chose Friday because I felt like it was sort of a good entry for you. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds so pe- Is that how I sound when I'm introducing movies to you? Yes. Um, <laughs> that condescending, really? I do. I, yes, yeah, absolutely. probably. So I got a 78% on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay, solid. Um, Quentin Tarantino says that Friday is one of his 20 favorite movies from 1992 to 2009, which is a really odd little fact. Yeah, that's that arbitrary. But... Super arbitrary, but sure. <laughs> Uh, also, you and I have very mixed feelings about Quentin, about Tarantino, Quentin Tarantino, so that could be a very, yes. you know, dubious yeah. honor. But I, I think it's hilarious, and I think everybody's actually really good in it. Um, so, yeah. Okay. I'm looking forward to it. Okay. Am I obligated to shit on it because I'm in your chair this week? I want you to be honest. Like, if you don't okay. find it funny and you don't like it, then I do. you should say that, and that's totally fair. Okay. You will be wrong, but... I feel like your role is to pretend you don't enjoy things even when you do, so... I admit when I enjoy things. I have admitted I have admitted to enjoying some things. The few times that has That's happened not my fault. That's in the history of the, the unenthusiastic of critic. the films that you choose. Mm, okay. But no, I want you to be honest. If you don't dig it, you don't dig it. Okay. I, we shall see. Okay. Good morning. Are you prepared for Jehovah's return? Because if you're not, I have a pamphlet today. Well, fuck you. She bending over. I'm Miss Parker. Hi, boys. Miss Parker just don't know. Come in here. I mean, I wait till you come out. What you talking about? You wait till I come out. I smelt your shit for 22 years. Now you can't smell mine for five minutes. I'm gonna get you high today. Cause it's Friday. You ain't got no job. And you ain't got shit to do. How you gonna sell, bud? And you smoke Oh, no. Claude, have mercy. Just give me three and a half minutes. Maybe even four. Come here. What's up, big pie? I mean, big wine? If you ain't got my money or my bud, I'm killing you and him. Break yourself, fool! You don't drag me into this? And he said we don't pay him by 10 o'clock, he gonna bust the cap in both our ass, nigga. We need to pay him, man. He's crazy, man. Let's stick together. Now, Dana told me about that big snake situation. Big wine. Big wine, big hole, big... I don't give a damn! <laughs> Take it easy, Holmes. I know what I'm doing, man. It's Angel does, Holmes. <laughs> I said a hit. The hit it. The hit it. The hit it. You need a job. You need a wig. I'm going to kill you and Smokey. And what you going to do today? Somebody get a fly girl going to get some what you looking at with that fat ass girl for? Talking about she look like Janet Jackson. Bitch got out of the car looking more like Freddie Jackson. Damn! Ice Cube, Chris Tucker, Bernie Mac, Johnny Witherspoon, Tiny Zeus Lister, and Mia Long. <laughs> Friday. Oh, God damn! You got knocked the fuck out! <laughs> I said a hit. The hip, the hip, the hip, the hip, the hip, the hip, you don't stop the rocket to the bang, bang, boogie, say up, jump the boogie to the rhythm of the boogie to beat. And we're back. Is that how you say it? You can say it any way you want to say it. <laughs> Please don't let me infringe on your natural style. So we watched Friday. <laughs> and now we're back. 
Gene Siskel at the Chicago Tribune gave Friday one star. <laughs> oh, dear. And he said, for all of the shouting, mugging, and rap music, a surprisingly dull comic yarn about a young man trying to survive in the hood. <laughs> Colorful characters abound, but nothing ties them together. I knew the picture was in trouble when its first gag involved an old lady spewing obscenities. <laughs> that was the funniest part. <laughs> <laughs> so, Michael, what did you think of Friday? I don't, I don't know that Gene was the, the demo for this movie. <laughs> I'm not sure I am either. Mm-hmm. Uh, I enjoyed it. <laughs> that sounds qualified. But I am, as you have pointed out many times, a 13-year-old boy at heart. Mm-hmm. So it made me surprised that you enjoyed this movie. <laughs> and it made me a little shocked that you have deigned to <laughs> give me shit about the comedies that I find funny. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm going all the way back to the the very beginnings of the Unenthusiastic Critic Project. Okay. And how much shit you gave me about the 30 seconds of farting in Blazing Saddles. There are a lot of shit jokes <laughs> in this movie. We spend a lot of time watching characters shit. Yeah, we do not spend a lot of time. We, yeah, no, we do, though. <laughs> we do. There are... There's more than one shit scene. Yes. <laughs> there are two literal shit scenes, and then we deal with shitty underwear mm-hmm. at one point. There's a, It's a fairly scatological form of humor. It is. That That's fair. <laughs> so... Your whole, the air of superiority that you have carried through this entire project is now questionable. Plus, for someone who doesn't smoke weed, <laughs> you love weed movies. And what I don't know what the, weed the Big Lebowski. Okay, that, so it's two weed movies. <laughs> it's not like an entire oeuvre of weed movies. Well, so far, there's two movies on the planet that I know you like, this and The Big Lebowski, so that's a 100% ratio. It's a lot of weed movies. Sure. <laughs> I just, I think this movie is hilarious. I, it is absolutely scatological uh, at parts. I could deal- Misogynistic. It's misogynistic. There's a whole bunch- and Juvenile. Juvenile. Adolescent. Sure. Yeah. Which, again, I'm fine with. I have no problem with that. But you are usually above it all. I don't mind it if it's done well. <laughs> so, Desan Ho, uh, who was staff writer at the Washington Post, wrote in his review, Friday indulges without restraint in almost everything that can raise eyebrows, including the ogling of women, toilet gags, profane street talk, and drug use. But all of these things... Fat shaming. But all of these things serve the humor. <laughs> So this, it's all in service to a greater good. The fact, the fa- you know, Rita is absolutely done wrong in this film. She is fat shame. She's shamed for being bald headed. You know, she felt she looked like Janet Jackson. And uh-huh. that, we should be celebrating good self-image. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it was... It was all in the service to just because uh, you just watch Chris Tucker just freak out about it, and he's hilarious, and it's all it's all in service of the greater good. <laughs> so, what I liked about this movie is mm-hmm. the same thing. I'm not sure I liked about this movie. Okay, it's 
totally shapeless. It barely has any plot. It It's just kind of this slice of life, mm-hmm. just an afternoon in the hood. Mm-hmm. Uh, just random characters <laughs> coming by fairly randomly. So I like that. Okay. Uh, some parts of that work better than others, <laughs> and it does just feel sort of shapeless in the end. And then tonally, it takes some weird mm-hmm. turns, too. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. There's a lot of characters in this movie. I'm not sure they're all in the same movie. <laughs> and mean, then sometimes the same character is suddenly in a different movie than the one I thought I was watching. But see, I think that that's a little, like a little bit of the, when I mentioned earlier, the sort of totality of a life, right? It's like, there is the humor in the stuff that's really fucked up. That the sort of tragedies, and in some cases, horrors that you're confronted with in your life, you find the funny in it because there's nothing else to do. And so you're always riding that, those two sort of moods. Mm -hmm. But I do get it because, like, at the same time that it's funny, the whole thing with Smokey Owen, Big Worm Money. <laughs> right. It's funny until it stops being funny when it's like a serious drive-by. and there's Right. <laughs> Suddenly, <laughs> at about halfway through the movie, for only about ten minutes, like just the bottom drops out of this movie and it becomes very serious. It starts with that scene where he goes to get the gun mm-hmm. and John Witherspoon comes in and is and it's like, suddenly it's a whole different movie. Suddenly we are in Boys in the Hood or something. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, and I know what you're saying about that, the totality right. of life, but I think, like, I think Spike Lee, for example, can do that, mm-hmm. where it's funny and serious and it and it all works that way. I feel like this movie, the tone of it throughout was very broad comedy. Yes. And then it was like, okay, suddenly we're just going to shut off the com- the jokes for a few <laughs> minutes here in the middle. <laughs> That that did not work completely for me. See, I didn't mind it, and part and so this is one of the things I like that I think I appreciate so deeply about a, uh, an actor like John Witherspoon is that he could both be the dad that's in the bathroom audibly taking a shit <laughs> and doing the like you know don't nobody go in the bathroom for 35 yeah. 45 like the whole 35, like, 45 minutes he could be that person but then also be the father that shows up and says you know you have to fight with your hands you win some you lose some mm-hmm. but you live to, to fight another day and it actually is a really powerful moment in the middle of the it film. is I, I have no issue with john witherspoon i think yeah. john witherspoon can do that yes i do not think chris tucker can do that for example <laughs> i think that transition comes becomes more of a challenge see i don't with think so chris tucker i think and it's also like you know people like that who crack jokes all the time but they're also just cracking jokes because they don't want to have to be serious but when they're serious they can it's <laughs> So when he and Craig have that moment on the porch where they come to this realization that like, oh shit, we're about to die tonight. Like they're going to, and he was just like, and Chris Tucker's, you know, taking the responsibility for it and said, you know, I did it. I'll take whatever comes to me. Right. I think he did that. He played that moment really well. And it was totally believable even amidst the rest of his performance, which is just manic and crazy. It's way over the top. But it's so great. It is so, I think it's perfectly calibrated. (laughs) And it is, he, he, like, he brings his whole self to it. It's not just the way that he delivers. It's not just the pitch of his voice. It's also his physicality. He's so lanky. And so much of it is, mm-hmm. like, the way his body is moving in that moment or how he's sort of bugging his eyes or <laughs> stretching his neck. And so I think, like, I just think he was he was definitely one of the breakout stars in this film for me. 
And then you've got Ice Cube, who doesn't really do comedy. Not like, I mean, not like Chris Tucker. Not, no. not a he's, funny guy, he's a straight particularly. Man. Right. He's, he's definitely straight the man. straight man in this. Yeah. But this was also one of the first times that people got to see Ice Cube that wasn't, you know, Boys in the Hood, Ice Cube, mm. NWA, Ice Cube. It was, a, I think there was Anaconda, cons- Ice Cube. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I think this is before Anaconda. I think this is before Anaconda. Um, But yeah, like people were, had a very specific idea of who Ice Cube was. And Mm. so to then have him do a comedy like this was a little bit just sort of playing with that image. And again, it was very intentional on his part of saying, I, you know, we can be both of these things. Neighborhoods can be both of these things and wanted to like elevate both those. I think it's really cool. Okay, so how do you want to, how do you want to approach this movie? I mean, there's not a, again, again, there's not a lot of plot plot. to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Basically, Smokey owes Big Worm money because he took his weed and was supposed to sell it. And he smoked and it. And he smoked it yeah. instead. So this is all Smokey's fault. Yeah. Smokey's the friend you don't want to have that, you know. You know, he's the friend that keeps your life spicy. <laughs> you you have good stories in your 70s because Smokey was dumb in your 20s. I mean, yeah, so I, that wasn't all of it, though. There was also the Debo plot. The Debo, yes. The domestic <laughs> violence <laughs> subplot what i liked about and basically i mean again there's no plot basically the entire movie is them just sitting around just hanging out as various people come by mm-hmm. pass by they're basically just sitting out on their porch mm-hmm. but i did like how every person that comes by what they have to do defensively changes <laughs> So Debo comes by. Debo's the giant cross-eyed guy who is just just takes everybody's shit. Yeah. That's all he does yeah. is he just goes around the neighborhood and takes everybody's shit. So Debo comes by and it's like, okay, take off your watch, take off your chains, <laughs> hide everything. Hide everything he could steal. Right. And then is it... And then it's Felicia. <laughs> Felicia comes by. You got to hide the weed. Yeah. You got to put the weed away. <laughs> so it's like there's there's a different reaction to everybody as they come as they come by. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is definitely a movie that celebrates characters, and you get an at least an introduction to everybody. I mean, Bernie Mac as a sort of lascivious pastor <laughs> yeah. who just wants the weed and goes over to goes over to to fuck the other dude's wife, and it's mm-hmm. just slimy. But it's all- Tony Cox is what Tony Cox does. I don't even think he has a line in this movie, does he? Except for that he's screaming, he's just yelling, yeah, yeah. screaming at her from across <laughs> the street. But it's like again, it's like you give Bernie Mac three minutes, and you will never forget. Like those mm-hmm. are three minutes that you mm-hmm. will remember. The same with Faison Love and as Big Worm. I mean, I think for a lot of folks, it's like, and I don't know that this is necessarily racialized, but. I think everybody has those characters in their neighborhood. Like, everybody has the creepy pastor that's like, okay, you shouldn't be in church. And everybody has, you know, the sort of big and neighbor that's always coming around and always has their hands out and always wants something. Like, I, so I feel like those people, they're sort of archetypes. The prissy of guy next prissy door guy, like, who's all, get just, off my grass. They're actually really sort of universal archetypes mm-hmm. of neighborhoods. So I think that's one of the reasons that people connect with this film across sort of race. Like, everybody knows a Smokey. Every, like you, these are just people... They were all just really relatable characters, and and even in the sh- it, when they were only on screen for a short period of time, it felt that they were fully realized. Mm-hmm. Starting, I think, with those church ladies that are in the first scene who, <laughs> the Jehovah's who come by and are knocking on the doors and are like, you know, are you ready for Jehovah's return? <laughs> and he slams the door on them. And then she's just like, well, fuck you. Half dead motherfucker. <laughs> it's perfect. It's such a great way to start a movie. Kelly Carter uh, with BuzzFeed News wrote an article um, titled After 20 Years, Friday is still the most important film ever made about the hood. Mm, okay. And there's this great section in there where F. Gary Gray 
says that, you know, Ice Cube was really open to changes in the script and about 65% of the script was written and 35% was improvised. And it was, you know, speaking to just like when you have comedians like Chris Tucker and Faison Love on set, you let them do whatever they're going to do and you get magic. And that's how they got by Felicia. That's how they got (laughs) you got knocked the fuck out. Like all of that was improv. (laughs) So it's also just like, yes, it's formless and, you know, it sort of meanders, but it creates space for these really just great character moments that are hilarious and, again, have just become so cemented in the culture. Like you said, um, when Smokey says, um, why are you bringing up old shit? You're like, yeah. I say that all the time. Yeah, I, I do know say where that, that all came the time. From. Like, yes, Smokey. That's <laughs> I, had no, I, don't even, I hadn't even seen this movie, and yet I say that all the time. Because it's just become a part of the When language. you bring up something that, yes. that I did 10 minutes ago, like, why you got to bring up old shit? <laughs> Yeah, so that all worked for me. The the shitting jokes, not so much. You love farting and shitting jokes. I don't know how you why you're offended now. <laughs> I liked Smokey smoking angel dust with Hector, the Latino guys, and ending up in a pigeon coop. <laughs> Again, a really awesome physical Sweating moment. Sweating like a slave, he says. With Chris Tucker, just really awesome physical moment. The twitching that he does throughout the film is just fucking brilliant. And it's just, yeah. He has so many great moments in this movie. I liked the kid on the bike who rides around the neighborhood, apparently just knocking over garbage cans. Kid's a dick. So here's the thing. Okay. And this, and this again, we come back to the movies you have not liked. The movie I've made you watch that this reminds me of most is Better Off Dead. Okay. With just all those random comedic characters. In that, it's the kid on the bike is the paper boy who wants his $2. There's a lot of parallels here. But that was not funny. <laughs> no, it is funny. That's the difference. Is that one's no, not is, funny? It is funny. It's not funny, and it doesn't have a, a you know a drive-by shooting in the middle of it. <laughs> Which, again, to me, is totally a problem. I thought it was fantastic. <laughs> and it doesn't have Nia Long in it, who has been. I've wanted to be Nia Long since the first. I know time Nia I saw Long it. Like, is your just... cinematic. I don't even know what to call her. Yeah, yeah. just like my cinematic ideal, yeah. basically. is like, I want, I want to be Nia Long in the movie. In, in every movie, in Nia every Long movie, is in. Nia Long is in. I want her haircut. I want her clothes. <laughs> She's great. The women are all great in yes. this. They don't have a lot to do. No. Those characters are not as well defined. No, um, she really doesn't get much to do. No, she's this. pretty much literally the girl next door yeah. in this movie. Um, though she does have a great moment at the end when she is cussing Debo out for beating up her sister. That is a good moment. Yes, but again, that's just <laughs> such a dark. Like Debo has beat up her sister Felicia, <laughs> and then she's you know confronting him about that. Then he punches her yeah. in the face. Yeah. It's a little domestic violence then, subplot there. Right. And then that's when Ice Cube pulls the gun on him. Yeah. It's like, oh, this all just took a dark turn. <laughs> a minute ago, we were talking about the shit stains in Debo's underwear. <laughs> because, again, they're, it's all happening at the same time. They're both happening. It's both funny and deeply, deeply tragic. <laughs> and that's what makes it such a good film. I think it totally works. And I do think it was important sort of coming again, like, you know, we talked a little bit earlier about the sort of environment that this film emerges from, which is, you know, the menace to society and the boys in the hood. And so how different a portrayal this was, 
even in just the family structure to have like a nuclear family as a center right, of the right. film um, with a very actively involved father and a very actively involved mm-hmm. mother. I like that moment at the end where the mother, who was also great, I can't remember the actress's name, but where, where she's going to jump into the fight mm-hmm. to help her son out when, when Debo's kicking his ass. Yes, Anna Maria Horsford is amazing and I've loved her since Amen. So um, anytime she shows up, I'm very happy. But then Regina King, a little bit wasted. She doesn't get a whole lot to do. She she nails sort of the, you know, little sister thing. <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah, she doesn't get a whole lot to do other than look the exact same as she looks today, which is <laughs> ridiculous. So tell me, what did you think about John Witherspoon? John Witherspoon is great. And I and I definitely see what you were talking about, about that. Just like it all just comes a little more alive mm-hmm. when he enters the scene. Mm-hmm. So Rembert Brown uh, wrote an opinion piece at the New York Times. John Witherspoon made every scene better. And he says, somewhat call his stick at times, quote unquote, bathroom humor. <laughs> to be fair, he did do a classic poop scene shirtless on a toilet. Mm-hmm. But for me, Mr. Witherspoon is at his comedic peak when it comes to food. In Friday, watching him talk about all the hog maw and yeah. pig feet while he holds a bag <laughs> of green grapes as he's sucking his teeth, licking his fingers and doing some of everything with his mouth. It's Olympic. And it's not just Friday. From sitting at the dinner table and causing drama and boomerang to flying in a two-seater airplane alongside Will Smith with a box of chicken wings and a bottle of hot sauce in the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, it was always a sight to be seen. There are a lot of actors who are known for specific things. And Mr. Witherspoon did so many incredible things in his career, from the Boondocks to the Wayans Brothers to the Meteor Man. But the fact that I know the sound of Mr. Witherspoon eating and could easily pick the sound out of a lineup is both an achievement in acting and a testament to his ability to commit. It's crude. It's crass. And it'll always be funny as hell. Well, I think the very first shot of him is he's sleeping, dreaming, right, dreaming about, about ordering food. food. Right. <laughs> and then, yeah, he comes into the kitchen talking about all that food, mm-hmm. collard greens and everything. There's no food in that refrigerator. That's the, <laughs> Ice Cube's just like, there's no food in the house. But the fact that he can make, like, talking while licking your fingers and smack, <laughs> w- w- would be just disgusting if someone was actually doing it in your face. Becomes just comedic gold, with gold when he does it. And it really, it is just like a, it becomes this art moment. Mm. And you're just like, how did, I don't even know how you do that. <laughs> well, we haven't talked about the big fight at the end. Okay. Craig versus Which I Debo. thought, I know how you love a good garbage can fight. The garbage cans were right there. I thought that was going to become a garbage can fight. And then there was a hit with a garbage can. Craig did hit Debo with a garbage can. It but was she, did not touch. No, not the Delores. The Delores Harold Knights garbage can fight, which again, it, like it just is it, the best garbage can <laughs> fight. And I probably haven't even seen all the garbage can fights put to film, but I am confident that that is the best garbage can fight. Do you want to do a listicle of garbage that's <laughs> ranking the garbage can fights? That seems very niche for for my website. <laughs> I don't know how many other people are that interested in that. <laughs> But that was a good fight. I was waiting for somebody to kick Debo's ass that entire movie because he was a dick. Debo needed to get his ass kicked. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, no, it was definitely a nice sort of full circle moment. And it's just a great takedown takedown because Debo, the whole film is basically set up to be like the Jaws of the movie. Even the music that they play whenever Debo Debo comes on screen and the sort of squeaky sound of his (laughs) (laughs) bike he stole. That little bicycle that he stole from the other guy. (laughs) He he really is like alpha predator for the whole film. And then for Craig to have this really triumphant moment. And it, and it, it is a nice moment because it's like the whole community yeah, is everybody's out watching it at the end. Yeah. It's like the whole community, well, not the whole community ganging up to take on Debo. No, they're cheering They should have done. <laughs> I don't know why they didn't do that it was about in a, the first place. You know, man to man having a fight <laughs> as men. So they let Ice Cube hit him with a brick. 
and kick the shit out of him finally. <laughs> to be fair, Debo had choked and him then, out. And then the other guy goes and takes his chain and his bike back from That's Debo. That's only smart. That's just smart. And then, He'd already gotten his ass kicked by Debo <laughs> earlier in the film. And then Chris Tucker does the callback yes. to the you, you got knocked the, knocked fuck, the out. fuck out scene and takes the money from Debo that Debo took earlier. Yep. Though the money was stolen from the, stolen yeah. from Stanley the in the house morning. next door. So that, it's okay. <laughs> you know. There's not a lot of moral <laughs> high ground to claim here. Starting with the fact that this is all Chris Tucker's fault in the first place, because he, you know, smoked the guy's weed. So it's funny that you bring up this word moral, because <laughs> okay. I had not even ever thought about that in all the times that I've watched this film. But when I was preparing... That's a problem, I feel. <laughs> when I was preparing... Like, when you said it, I was like, so? <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about the ethics. When I was preparing for this little endeavor here, uh, I came across a review from Lisa Schwartzbaum with Entertainment Weekly. And when I first heard it, I was like, what the fuck is she talking about? And <laughs> Why is she going to bring out moral shit? <laughs> so she says, there are a bunch of dumb jokes, particularly involving those old evergreens, toilet activities and odors. The dramatic climax is hokey and stilted. And like I said, all moral values are shot to hell. <laughs> And I was like, what moral? I was like, what? <laughs> There's no moral. She calls values. it a morally indefensible story. And I was like, I don't. What? <laughs> I was like, are we watching this? The reason Ice Cube is sitting around on a Friday is because he got fired on his day off. On his day off. For stealing okay, from Okay, allegedly stealing. <laughs> they got him on tape, bitch. Somebody they that got looks him like on him tape. from behind. Oh, now we believe video. He he does not deny that he was stealing He boxes. says he wasn't him. No, he doesn't. He says, they don't have me on tape, is what he says. <laughs> and then later, somebody else says, yeah, we were watching the tape. But they said, okay. it looks like you a little bit <laughs> yeah. from behind. So again. I don't think he was wrongly. Wrongly to accused here. The corporate structure. So there's that, okay. and then there's Chris Tucker who took Big Worms weed and was supposed to sell it, and just sat around and smoked well, that's it. That's what you all. get asking a weed head to sell your weed. <laughs> Don't get high in your own supply. That's one exactly, of your rules. Exactly. Exactly. But anyway, she goes on to say that Friday has energy and sass and the nerve, to, which I would not use that word, and sass. the nerve to suggest that the line between tragedy and comedy may be in the bloodshot eye of the beholder. <laughs> So apparently there were morals in this film that I, I've missed for... <laughs> well, there are, there are no morals. Decades. <laughs> but there is sort of... The, I mean, I think that's kind of the ethical climate of this film is that everybody's just hustling. Everybody's just yeah. trying to do what they can do. Slip and fall in the store. You know, I'll take a beer. Right. <laughs> Wash your car for $2. <laughs> Loan me a joint. Whatever. You know. Dude takes Debo's shoes while he's unconscious. But... Before he does that, he says, I steal, not kill. Which is that? To me, that's morality. That's it, there, There's a code. <laughs> Say what you will, at least it's an ethos. <laughs> and then at the end, we it implies that, you know, Smokey has learned a lesson. He says he's going to go to rehab. He was just bullshitting. <laughs> Smokey will never go to rehab. Smokey will die Smokey. And that's how we like it. You don't want Smokey not high. What fun is that? Mm -mm. I'm not sure Smokey's life is going to get better <laughs> going forward. I, I haven't seen the sequels, obviously, but, you know, that shit gets old after a while. Smokey's got a little MILF fetish, too. Well, they were all hot moms, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, but Smokey, that's that's clearly his, his zone. He's 
talking about everybody's mother. Smokey would also be happy to have anybody, quite frankly. The older the berry, the sweeter the juice, he says. (laughs) You know, again, that's a a morality, sure. (laughs) (laughs) Smokey appreciates, you know, an experienced woman. Oh, we haven't haven't talked about uh, Craig's actual girlfriend. Who is an absolute nightmare. <laughs> so Paula Jai Parker is amazing. Um, and I love her as Joy. And she's just, everything about her is extra from her ridiculous nails <laughs> to her super long box braids to her attitude. Joy is just, I love that character so much. Everyone hates her, including Craig. <laughs> but she's so good. <laughs> but it's also, you don't start dating Joy without knowing who Joy is. <laughs> So you signed up for that. <laughs> it's not like she was different and then she switched on you. Right, right. That's always who that chick is. <laughs> so So what was your experience like watching this again? I mean, it's funny every time I sit down and watch it. Um, and I actually hadn't watched it in a while. Um, but yeah, I do find myself laughing at the stuff that I would probably be like, that's so ridiculous. Like, why are you laughing at that? You're way too old to be thinking that stuff is funny. But it's just, it's such a funny movie. <laughs> And I just, it really is just an opportunity for, it's almost like a a comedy stage. Like, people walk up on the porch, they do their five minutes, and then they, they leave. And But those are, like, the best five minutes they've done. Mm-hmm. So, it, it does just seem like a showcase for all these actors to just be funny. Yeah. It's great. So, yeah, no, there is not this sort of plot. But I do feel like it is, like, the world has been built. It does feel real. It does feel mm-hmm. lived in. Yeah, it, it actually does a really good job of, like, building that neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And, like, you feel like you could walk around that neighborhood and recognize all of those people. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I like the shapelessness of it. I'm not sure what happens after that. I mean, you know, Debo's going to wake up eventually. Right, but he's been, you know... Taken down a notch. You think Debo's just going to slink off? I mean, and I so. Even Red got in a little smack there at the end. He's going to be a humbler figure from here back, on. So. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think there's any. You know, Debo's going to go find that guy and get his, know, get, take no. his bike and his chain back. He's been embarrassed now. <laughs> it's like when you know two lions are fighting and one gets their ass kicked. You you, can, you don't come back. You're done. You're 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 done. Mm, not sure. I'm not sure about that. Yeah. No. Debo does not seem like a guy who's going to learn his lessons. I think he's learned his lesson. He's been, you know, shamed <laughs> appropriately. I got to say, I feel like all of these women could do better. I feel that way in most cases. Um. <laughs> I mean, so Nia Long mm-hmm. is setting Smokey up with, with Rita. Right. Smokey's very excited about this. Smokey calls Rita on the phone and then says, describe yourself. Mm-hmm. As you would. This this is a pickup line. This is how you make a date with a woman. I don't think he opened with that. It came pretty. It was the first conversation. No, but it's also, it's like, describe yourself. Tell me about yourself. No, no, it wasn't. Yeah. It was not, no, yeah. tell me about your life. It was, tell me what you look like so I know whether I want to go out with you. And she said Janet Jackson. And she said she looks like Janet Jackson. Which, fair. If you're going to pull a name, Janet Jackson is not a bad name to pull. So <laughs> She she didn't look a lot like Janet Jackson, you know, as it turned out. It uh, depends. She had that little poetic justice hat she on. She did have the poetic justice hat with the braids <laughs> attached. So, you know, she there was a look. It was a look. But no, all the men, none of the men are worthy of the... I mean, I would say Felicia could do better than Debo, so... Well, Felicia, well... 
I mean, Felicia's got her issues. She but. Does, but again, she can do better than Debo. So, you know, but again, in general, in film and outside of film, men are trash. So that's a nice thing. That's, you know. what, that's what you want to hear your wife say. <laughs> All right. Well, I enjoyed it. I don't know that I have a lot to say about it. Yeah, it's not. There's not a whole lot to say <laughs> about Friday. It really is just one of those things that I, you see and then you quote. For I the don't rest of your know life. that I need to see the sequels necessarily. Okay, that's fair. I wouldn't force that. <laughs> I mean, more no plots. <laughs> it's another day in the hood. Or I don't know, maybe the sequels, or do they go to space or something in the sequels? I don't know what happens in the sequels. There's no Friday in space, no. 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 <laughs> but they, like I said, they were talking about doing That's a good idea. One, we're so. gonna, they're going to make that movie now. I don't think they're going to make that. Can you smoke weed in space? Sure. Okay. It's a whole new definition of getting high. All right. Now, this same director, I believe, did another one of your favorites that I have not seen, which is Set It Up. Uh, oh, my Lord. What did I do? You just said set it up. I did say that. What is it? I am married to off. a white man. <laughs> you just said set it up. I yes. misspoke. Uh-huh. It set it off. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is also good. That's a good one. Um, I think we talked about that when we did Dog Day Afternoon. And yes, because it was about, about know your crew, have a good criminals crew, that and criminals. fuck up. Yes. <laughs> Heist gone wrong. We <laughs> talked about that. So we should, you know, maybe we'll watch that one of these days, too. <laughs> okay. Any final thoughts from the big chair? I'm glad to have introduced you to it. I think it was important that you saw it. If for no other reason, then you now know why you say... Why you gotta bring up old shit. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Anything else? No, I'm done. <laughs> Your part is done. I'm, I'm done. Okay. Yeah. You know what the problem is this week? What's the problem? We're fucking up the rotation. <laughs> puff, puff, pass. Puff, puff, pass. <laughs> You can get killed for fucking up the rotation. <laughs> we'll get back to the normal rotation yes. next week. Yes. That's our show. We want to thank you for listening, and we hope you'll join us again next week as Nikki and I celebrate November, or as Maria Gates coined the phrase at TCM, Noir-vember, as we watch one of my favorite movies, Howard Hawks' 1946 adaptation of Raymond Chandler's classic The Big Sleep, starring Bogey and Bacall. That's a famous pairing, right? Bogey and Bacall, I feel like I've, that's a thing. That's the thing. <laughs> we did uh, we did the Maltese Falcon right. last year, mm-hmm. which w- was the Bogey part, but I, I think you need to see Bogey and Bacall together. And they were married, right? In real life? They were, yeah. yes. Okay. For those of you watching at home, The Big Sleep is available to rent from Amazon, iTunes, and other streaming services, and it's playing throughout the month on Turner Classic Movies. In the meantime, you can find us on the web at unaffiliatedcritic.com, follow us on Twitter at Free Range Critic, and subscribe to the show through Apple Podcasts or your favorite app. In any of these places, we encourage you to leave a comment on the show, or suggest a film Nakia desperately needs to see to make her life complete. Until next time, remember, true love means conning your partner into watching movies they really, really don't want to watch. Bye, Felicia.